All right. Praise God. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to the book of John. The book of John. Book of John, chapter 15. John, chapter 15. Stand with me all over the building for the reading of the Word this morning. John chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he is taken away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me... Ye can do nothing. Father, for the next few moments, I ask you, Lord, to just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray, God, that you would give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word today. Give us the spiritual eyes to see the path, Lord, as you lay it out before us. And, Master, give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path. And we thank you and we praise you for it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Title of the message today is, Are You In or Out? Are You In or Out? Jesus said here that I am the true vine. Notice here that it said at the beginning, notice the capitals, I am there. Jesus as the I am. Amen. My father's the husband. Every branch. Notice what it says here. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. Amen. He purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Okay, so let's take a look at all this this morning. The Bible tells us that we need to abide uh, abide in the vine. Okay, so we've already touched on some of this this morning. 1 John 5, 7 and John 1, 1, 10 and 14. Amen. But what does it mean here? Abide in me and I in you. Abide in me. What does it mean to be in him? Amen. There's so many people that say, I'm in Jesus. Well, you know what? As I've said before, <clears throat> you know, we all we all were whoring after the devil. When a whoring after the devil, that's what the Bible calls it, what the Lord called it. So how is it that we we can, what happens right here in this waters of baptism, there's many, many things that happen right here. One of the things that happens right here is you marry him. You become the bride. And when you become the bride, that makes you the church. Until you are married to him, 
You are not the bride. Not the bride-to-be, the bride. Understand something. Jesus ain't going to be whoring with nobody. You're going to have to marry him, amen, to, to be a part of the church. You take on the name of Jesus Christ and you become his wife. Remember, Israel was married to him. He said, I was in husband to thee. Because Israel was his chosen people, he was in husband to them. He wasn't a husband-to-be. He was a husband to them. But he gave them a writ of divorcement. And what did he do? He turned to the Gentiles. But understand something. You're not going to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ outside of marriage. So how is it that we can marry Jesus and be a whore? How can that happen? Because he ain't going to marry no whore. The Bible says, If any man be in Christ, same word as it's talking about here. It says, it's the same word. The word is en in the Greek. Abide in me. Okay? Now, the scripture that says, if any man be... Somebody go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Brother, quick. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, what it says... If any man be in Christ, same word, E-N, it's I-N in the English, but E-N in the Greek. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Come on. Thank you, brother. So if any man be in Christ, how many times have you ever heard, well, I'm just in Christ, I'm... Well, you know, I'm in Christ. I'm in, well, I'm in Christ, and I, we just got to be in Christ. I'm in Him, and He's in me. They say all these things because they've heard them, but they've never been taught what it means and how to do these things. I told a woman yesterday, I said, look, you hear all this all the time about delight thyself in the Lord. He give you the desires of thine heart. But they never searched out the Scriptures to find over in Isaiah 58, 13 how it tells you how to delight yourself in the Lord. They think that you just say, I delight myself in the Lord, and there you are, and He's going to give you desires of your heart. No. The Word of God tells you how to do these things. Over in Isaiah 58, 13 says, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy Day, not morning, not evening, my day, my holy day, my holy day. Amen. Somebody turn there and get, get that for me. Come on. 5813, quick please. Isaiah 5813. Not doing thine own pleasures, nor speaking thine own words. Come on. Hold on just a minute. Now, remember what I'm talking about here on this little part here. And remember where I was because I'll lose my track. I'll be 900 miles away like a bad coon dog. All right. Now, off on a deer trail. All right. Hold on. So what we're talking about right now for this little side note right here is people that say, well, you know, delight thyself in the Lord. He shall give thee desires of thine heart. 
Well, of course, all I got to do is say, I delight myself in the Lord. Jesus, oh, I smile. Did you see that? That means I delight myself in you, Lord. Give me the desires of my heart. I mean, that's what the world thinks. That's what the entire world thinks. And it's certainly what the so-called church world thinks. Okay? But let's find out what the Word of God says about delighting yourself in the Lord. Here's what he's talking about. Come on. My holy day, which is Sunday in this country. Call the Sabbath a delight. Man, praise God, I'm going to the house of God. I delight in church. I delight in the family of God. I delight in the Lord. Praise God. Man, this is awesome. I'm where you headed, man. What are you so happy about? You're going to a, man, you're going to a, 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 a shopping spree or something? No, I'm mean, going to a football game? No, you're going to a fishing, hunting? No, man, I'm, I'm going to the house of God. Praise God. Well, that's what makes me happy. Praise God. Okay, come on. Call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor Him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then, come on. What, 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 what? You never heard that before. But there it is. Isaiah 58, 13, underline your Bibles. I'm a Bible man, folks. I don't believe all this theory and nonsense. I'm a Bible man. This is Bible, folks. You can't argue with the Word of God. You, listen, you can't argue with me because I'm going to just tell you, look, I'm just in sales, man. I mean, you know, got a problem with it, take it off management. I'm, I'm just in sales, man. I, don't shoot the messenger. I mean, you know. Okay, so then shalt thou shalt delight thyself in the Lord. What? And what? And I will, I will cause thee to ride upon the high places. Of the earth. See that? There it is. Ain't that it? I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. That's exactly what he's saying. And delight thyself, Lord, he shall give you the desires of thine heart. Amen. There you are. Okay, so. All right, now, back to where we were. Okay, so. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold... All things are become new. All things are become new. Isn't that right? Second Corinthians, what he just read right there, 517. Isn't that right? Now, so then the question be, so it's if any man be in Christ, right? So then the question needs to be, how do I get in Christ? How do I get in Christ? Isn't that the question? See, you've got to look at what the Word says. This is why you never want to change your Bible. Keep the King James, because I'm going to tell you, all this don't work with nothing but the King James, because the King James is where the power's at. You find anybody raising the dead, healing the sick, blinded eyes, seeing, deaf ears hearing, dumb speaking, it's from this right here. Ain't no other Bible in their hand, I guarantee you. And believe me, buddy, I've got, no, I've got lots of friends, praise God, and all of us have been working miracles in the Lord for many, many years, praise God. It's in that Bible. Ain't no other miracles coming forth. None. They may have lots of money. They may have lots of money, lots of crowd, lots of parking lot, lot, lot of parking lot, lot of people in them parking lots. So if any man be in Christ, how do I get in Christ? Well, let's take, no, we mean put on Christ. Let's get the Bible. Let's get some Bible. Okay? So, okay, so since you answered, I'm going to let you get the Scripture over at Galatians 327. Now, while she's getting that, I'm going to tell you what it says, and she's going to verify it. The Bible says, For as many of you as have been 
baptized into Christ have put on Christ. 327. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Isn't that what it said? Okay, so how do we get in Christ? We're baptized into Christ. That's how you get into Him. And you do that in the name of Jesus. Right there in the waters of baptism, you are baptized in the name of Jesus. When you go down in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, when you're baptized specifically in His name, it's the key that unlocks the door, praise God, to the sheepfold. He said, I am the door to the sheepfold. If any man climb up any other way, the same is a thief and a robber. No man comes to the Father. That means to the Spirit when Jesus is saying this. It means to the power, to the Spirit. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And it's right there in those waters of baptism right there. That's where you come through. The Bible says, whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything you do, be it word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Folks, let me tell you something. Listen carefully. The most powerful thing in this life and in the Word of God is the name of Jesus. Why do you think the devil has slipped in? Now, you see if I ain't right, and I am right. Because I study this stuff, folks. I don't just sling this stuff out there, man. I'll tell you, I go through this stuff, buddy. What I got, I've got it. Now, there's a whole lot I ain't got because ain't nobody on the planet will ever have everything in that Bible. <laughs> but what I do have, it's rock solid. Now, <sighs> lost my train of thought again. Amen. Mm, hate that and that happens. What was I talking about? Yeah, as many of you been baptized in Christ and put on Christ, I know that name, whatever. Yes, I am the door to the sheepfold, praise God. Now, okay, so the only way in is in the name of Jesus. Now, you do not join the church to become the bride. So many people have these things backwards. The devil has slipped in. This or oh, what I was talking about a while ago. And the devil, remember that, what I was just at. The devil slipped in right there, and he tries to sow leaven into the lump. He tries to hide leaven in the lump. Now, you, let me tell you something. You go to any commentary, these big famous guys, and now you know all these big preachers, they got their own Bibles too. That's blasphemy in itself. Got their own Bibles. I don't care. You, you don't put your name on the Holy Bible, son. I don't know who you think you are, but you don't put your name on that Holy Bible and start putting commentaries in the side and all that kind of stuff. No. You don't try to go around that pulpit right there. What they want to do is they want to sell it and make money for themselves. It's all for filthy lucre's sake. When what they should be saying is... Put your football game down. Get your butt in the house of God where you belong. Get up in the church where you belong and hear the man of God preach the Word of God like it's supposed to be. Instead, they're saying, well, let me just write you a bunch of commentaries in this style, not a Bible here. <clears throat> and you can uh, you can have that and, uh, and, and, and just send your money. Now, make sure you tie and send it to our church now. All right. 
But notice how these big-time people, every one of them, all of them, for years have been saying, Christ, 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 and Christ. We love Christ and do it in the name of Christ. And this is Christ, 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 Christ. Christ is a title. Christ is not the name. Christ is a description. Jesus is the power, buddy. Jesus is the power. The Bible says that he was given a name that was above every name. That at the what? At the name of Christ? No. That at Christ? No. That at his appearing? No. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue will confess. That's why that name's been taken out. That's why the commentaries say Christ, 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 and they don't even see it. They don't even realize they're doing it. So many churches have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power thereof. What's the power thereof? The power thereof is the name of Jesus. The power thereof is the unleavened truth. Amen. I don't water this message down for nobody. If it's down to me and no one in this building, I'm going to preach that same message to all the angels in the building. That's all I can tell you. Because there's nothing on this planet going to cause me to change my word. The word of God is not going to change. Nothing's going to change this message. No way. Praise God. So when you go down in the waters of baptism, let's take a look at what happens. So how do we get in Christ? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new because you're in Christ. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Okay, so you go in the waters of baptism. The Bible tells us over in, the, uh, uh, in Acts 2.38. Now, Matthew 28.19 says, Go teaching all, uh, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. All three are the name of Jesus is the name of all three. Amen. The Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name. Amen. I and my Father are one. I have come in my Father's name. Praise God. It, all these things point to Jesus. So then he told them to do this in, in, in Matthew 28, 19. Then you go over to Acts 2:38. He told Peter. He was talking to Peter and the apostles the day that Jesus himself said, Go baptizing, uh, uh, go teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Then he told them to go and tear at Jerusalem. Meanwhile... Until the, until they be endued with power from on high, then he goes. They go over to Jerusalem to wait. Before he gets there, the Bible says, "Then opened he their understanding that they might understand Scripture." He opened their understanding to everything that had to do with the kingdom of God. Amen. Then Peter, who by the way Jesus handpicked and gave the keys to the kingdom to. This Peter, who was picked, handpicked by Jesus, he gave him the keys to the kingdom. He said, I will give thee the keys of the kingdom. He said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He said, The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is the Peter I'm talking about. The one that preached the first message the day the church was born on the day of Pentecost. And that, by the way, is why we are called Pentecostal. Not that it's a name. It is a description. I'm, that's, that's not my name. I don't, I'm not Pentecostal as a name. I'm not Pentecostal because i got a piece of paper that says I do. I'm Pentecostal 
because I've had that experience they had on the day of Pentecost, and I have it as much as I can. I have it as often as I can, praise God. I love to be in the presence of the Holy Ghost and be uh, uh, and just be overcome by the Holy Ghost. I love that, praise God. Same experience they had on the day of Pentecost. Now, that's another story. But anyway, so so the the, the message that was preached on the day of Pentecost, Jesus had just told them, go baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. The first message, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? When he preached the message, he told them, y'all killed Jesus. We tried to tell you he was the one, but you wouldn't listen. This is the stone that you said it not. Now he's become the head of the corner. They all had seen Jesus. He was seen above 500 people. There was a bunch of them in that crowd that had seen him come out of that tomb, saw him alive after they killed him. Man, I'd say they was having a real bad day. When you kill some man who'd been raising people from the dead and healing people all over the place and you kill him thinking he's uh, uh, some blasphemer and all of a sudden he's back just like he said he would be, I would venture to say that the moment the earth shook, at the moment he breathed his last breath, the earth shook and people rose up out of graves and started walking around. I'd say that's a big clue that, you know, uh uh-oh. You know, maybe we might have... You know, I left something on the microwave. i got to go to the house, man, you know as they're packing their stuff, ready to get on a ship, man, to the Isle of Patmos or somewhere. Take me out of here. <laughs> Cow gone, take me away. <laughs> I'm looking for a hole to crawl in. Well, you know what? Then Peter comes to the day of Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, and he says, Hey, man, we tried to tell you. After this, the Bible says they were pricked in their hearts. And they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? I mean, they're saying, okay, man, you know, I'm standing out here in the crowd. I'm thinking, okay, I see, you know, I understand, man. I believe it, you know. But now what? What do I do? How can I make this right? How, man, what do I need to do, Peter? I mean, what do I do, man? I mean, tell me, man, anything, whatever, I'll do it, man. Just tell me whatever I need to do to make this right. He said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you. Didn't say, well, you know, if you want to make an outward expression of your inward conviction and you want to just show everybody a sign of how you believe, well, my goodness, if you feel like it, well, you might want to just be baptized. I mean, just, you know, just not that you need to or nothing, but just show them, you know, I believe, you know. No, he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, what is it for? Oh, well, I don't know. It's just for, well, just kind of, you know, it's the thing. It's the end thing. It's Jesus' baptizing season. And it's really the end thing this year. And it just looks so good on you. What's it for? The Bible says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. It's to remit your sins. There's a lot of people don't realize. They say, well, you know what the Bible says, that, that uh, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Yes, he is. But you still got on a nasty garment. You still got spots on your garment. The Bible says over in Revelation, just says, when he asked, John, and we have a descendant of John in this church named Sister Tara. 
<laughs> Amen. He said, uh, 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 John, who are these that are robed in white? And he said, thou knowest, because he didn't have the answer. <laughs> like his descendant tells me all the time, thou knowest. It's in the Bible. He said, these are they which have, listen carefully, washed their robes. No, 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 not come as you are and let Jesus make the change. No, no, no. These are they which have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So how did they do it? They heard the word. They acted upon it. They repented. They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Not enough to be forgiven of your sins. You need them remitted, which washes the slate clean. It washes what's behind you. As I tell those that are going to be baptized today, let me tell you the one thing I know that you're going to absolutely feel without a doubt is the cleanest that you have ever felt in your life will be today. You will never have been cleaner than the moment you come out of that water right there. Praise God. It's the most wonderful, clean feeling to your soul. There's nothing like it. Amen. So, you go down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus. Instantaneously, many things happen just like that. Because you plugged in the right key. And you've turned the lock. You're not just a forgetful hearer of the word, but a doer of the work. You have to walk to those waters of baptism. You have to confess. You have to go down. Amen. You have to repent. And let me tell you something. Repentance don't just mean, Lord, forgive me, Jesus, for my sins. Repentance, the military calls it an about face. You walk down and an about face, back the other way. That's what, that's what repentance means. Not just asking for forgiveness. What good does it say to... Forgive me for that, Lord. Forgive me for that one too, Lord. Forgive me for that too, Lord. And that. And that. Oh, God just rushing right over to forgive you for all that. No, it means to stop, turn about, go the other way. Then you ask for forgiveness, amen. You go to those waters, amen. Now, so let me tell you some other things that happen right there in them waters. When you go in the waters of baptism, instantaneously, all your sins are gone. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You take on his name. If my people, what what people might that be? What people might that be? Which are called by my name. That's the ones that are his people. See? If my people which are called by my name, praise God, so you take on his name, you become the bride of Christ right there. All your sins are forgiven. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. He marries a chaste virgin right there in those waters of baptism. And here comes the big part. Over in the Middle East, it's still not a good thing 
to not be a virgin when you're married. It will get you killed over there. And so after the wedding, after the wedding, after you take your husband's name, which, by the way, goes all the way back to Adam because the Bible says, and he called their name Adam. Adam named Eve. God called her name Adam. They were Adam because they twain are one flesh. In the Middle East, where this word was written, after the wedding, everybody in the whole group go to the go to the uh, to the bedchamber. No, not to feast the bedchamber. Outside, they stand outside the bedchamber and they wait for the husband to come out with that sheet. And it better have blood on it. Because if it don't, somebody's fixing to die. And it could very well be the bride and her family. That's all up to the groom and his parents. Let me tell you something, folks. There has always been a token of the covenant. And there has always been a covenant with God. Amen. Noah was the first one that the Lord gave a covenant to after Adam. What was the covenant? He said, this is the covenant I will make with you. And he said, I will put a bow in the clouds. And this will be a sign, a token of my covenant. And every time I look upon it, I'll remember and I will not flood the earth again. Then the next one he made a covenant with was Abraham. He said, of course, you know, there was just a whole earth of people that died during that time. Now, with, with Abraham, here's the beginning of the blood covenant in the, after the flood. The blood covenant came about with circumcision. On the eighth day, every male child will be circumcised, and everybody, beginning with Abraham, even him and everybody had to be circumcised because this was the beginning of it. And the foreskins were the token. They were the token of the covenant. And, of course, there was bloodshed. Amen. The Bible said, of course, all the blood from that time on the covenant was com- continually renewed year by year with the sacrifice of all the animals. But now, the Lord said, In that day, I will make with them a new covenant. And I will put my laws in their heart. Somebody go over there with me to Hebrews 8. Hebrews chapter 8. Brother Jay, get me that, would you please? Hebrews chapter 8, and read uh, 8 through 10, please. Well, we got to move on. we got to get some... we got a lot of ground to cover. i got to get this going. What's that? Hebrews 8, 8 through 10. You got it, Brother Jay?
Yes. See that? So he said, I will make with them a new covenant. And I will put my laws in their heart and in their mind when I write it. All right, so now let me tell you something, folks. When you go down the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus, he's the one that consummates what they did in when they go into the bride chamber back there and, and, and they procreate and and they come together. The Bible says, you twain shall be one flesh. When you come together as a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, not a man and a man or a woman and a woman, but a husband and a wife, we're designed that way. And at that moment in time, you are truly one body, one flesh. What happens in that bedchamber, when that blood is shed on the first time from that virgin woman, it consummates that marriage and it completes it because it is the blood of the covenant. It's called cutting the covenant. When you go down in the name of Jesus Christ and you take on his name, you marry him, it gets intimate right there because that unlocks the key. That unlocks the cross and the blood from Calvary, whom our sinless virgin king, sinless virgin king, he was in all points tempted as we yet without sin. He provided the blood to consummate this covenant because no one else could provide a pure enough blood. When you go down and it's spoken in the name of Jesus Christ, down flows that blood. That's been waiting all this time. I feel that, Lord. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost all over me. That blood flows in and it it covers. It covers. Doesn't that feel good, sister? Woo! Hallelujah. It just covers you. Praise God. And it it, it just removes all that sin. And you are you are in a covenant that's a consummated covenant right now with Jesus. Hallelujah. You are the bride of Christ, and the devil better take notice, buddy. But let me tell you this, and I'm going to get back to the main text now because we've been off on deer trail here. But let me tell you, folks, as I've, I've said many, many times, I try to not lie to anybody. I'm going to tell you straight up. When you go down in the name of Jesus, it's on men. I mean it's on men because, see, you ain't been no worry to the devil. Till you go down in the name of Jesus, now, now you're deadly. Oh, yeah, now... <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're, they're a problem now. They're going to be a problem now. Okay, 900 devils over here, 900 devils over here. Sick them. It's like walking up and kicking a bulldog right in the mouth. It's on. But I'm going to tell you also, now you've got the power to fight 100 devils, 1,000 devils, 10,000 devils. Amen. you got the power you need because you've done it right now. you got the name of Jesus Amen. And at that name, at that name, every knee shall bow. So understand, as long as you're in him, you ain't got a thing to worry about. Because it ain't you he's looking at. Somebody messes with her. They're not messing with her. They're messing with me. And they better know it. Homie, don't play that. That's my woman right there. 
And so when you are true to the bride, once you do that, that's what makes you his church. Until you do that, you may be part of all kind of organizations, but you ain't part of that one because that's where it happens right there. Amen. So many, many have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power thereof because they've never made that connection. Now, so let's, now, let's, now that you have all that, let's get on through this right here. Now that you have all that, and I know everybody understood that, amen? Y'all with me? Okay, so now let's take a look at that scripture again. I am the true vine, and my father's the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Okay, so what word is that? You know what word he spoke unto you? Amen. All the things that he taught his disciples before he ascended to heaven. He taught them. He taught them what to do and what not to do. He's the one that showed them to, to go teach in all nations. And he said, he said go and, uh, uh, and preach the gospel unto every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And, and let me tell you something. For those of you that are new here, let me tell you something, folks. You ain't saved. Well, uh, man, everybody got real quiet all of a sudden. Listen to me. Yes, I am. No, you're not. If the Lord came right now, if you're ready to meet Him, yeah, you, you'll go. But you ain't saved till you're there. Saved is past tense. No, no, it's in faith. <laughs> no, no. Paul, greatest apostle ever lived, said, I keep under my body, lest by any means, after I have preached unto you, I myself be a castaway. Paul understood he wasn't saved. Because let me tell you something, long as you're in this fight, you're still in the battle. When I get home and he says, well done, now good and faithful servant, I'm saved right there. Then I, can, then I can say it's past tense. I'm in the door. I ain't coming back out. Amen. Unless the Lord tells me to. Amen. I won't be scared then. <laughs> I won't be scared then because it'll all be over. All this will be behind me then. Amen. But you know what that word does? That word say, does that mean I don't think I'd make it right now? Man, if God came right now, I believe I'd make it. Sure I do. I believe I'm ready to go. Amen. Praise God. But, uh, but you ain't going to never hear me say I'm saved because that's a false sense of security and it gives other people a false sense of security. And you got all these people walking about. I was saved when I was 12. Well, well, man, praise God, that's awesome. Save when you're 12. What the heck happened? What about now? You ain't 12. <laughs> Folks, I'm not here to give you no false insecurity. I'm here to tell you that the Bible says, He that endureth unto the end of the same shall be saved. That's what I'm talking about. The difference is what sounds good and what is right. What sounds right and is right is most often completely different things. So, if we abide in Him, listen to what He says, let's go further. If we abide in Him, 
Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. Notice what it said. You're in the vine. You know, we're grafted into this vine, which, by the way, ain't your vine. This is not, we're not the natural branch. Israel was the natural branch. This, we are a wild olive branch. But the Lord grafted us into this. So that tells you that we're physically grafted in to him. There's the intimacy that is not ever going to happen until you take on his name. Period. End of story. Now, so as long as we abide in the vine, we'll bring forth much fruit. He said, for without me, you can do nothing. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine no more. He said, no more can ye except ye abide in me, which is Jesus. Now, is the covenant, so many people see this covenant as, well, we, we've got a covenant. No, we ain't got no covenant. It ain't your covenant. It's not your covenant. It's the Lord's covenant. This ain't no mutual thing. How many of you realize that there's more than Ten Commandments? Well, you know, now all that was done away with, man, at the cross. Now all that was done away with. Only, you know, just kind of, you know, of course, except them Ten Commandments. No, no, no. There's probably a hundred thousand of them in here. Tens of thousands anyway. Did you know this ain't a suggestion book? This ain't a have your best life now book. This right here is the reversal of the have your best life now book. This is the have your best life now and go to hell for eternity book. Or have a little rough time here on this earth and have your best life forever book. That's what this is. This ain't no motivational book. This is a do or die book. What this is. This ain't no suggestion book, folks. This is a book of commandments. Did you know that the covenant is a commandment? Did you know that baptism in Jesus' name is a commandment? Paul didn't just command it when he said that. He didn't just command it uh, uh, when he said, uh, be baptized everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. Go over to... Uh, Acts chapter 10, we just looked at this the other day. Go over to Acts chapter 10 and verse uh, 44. Sister Margot, you got that? You got a King James Bible? What's that? Okay. Acts 10, 44. Acts 10, 44. She got one there. Well, let me just, let me start reading down there. Acts, uh, Acts 10, 44. Are you there? Come on down from 44, read on down to, to 48. Fell on all of them. Isn't that what it says? Okay, hold on just a second here. Let me set the stage for you. Okay, it's a bunch of Gentiles. They weren't of the circumcision, which means they were Jews. But these are a bunch of Gentiles. And all of a sudden, man, you know, Peter's preaching. And while Peter was preaching the word, all of a sudden, man, the Holy Ghost fell on all them. And you're going to see how they knew the Holy Ghost fell on them here in just a minute. It ain't just an automatic thing where the Holy Ghost fell. We've all got the Holy Ghost. No, we don't. No, we don't. There's going to be signs following. 
If you got the Holy Ghost, there's going to be signs of it. Amen. There ain't going to be no, I got the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, confirming the word with signs following. Okay, but anyway, so let's go ahead. Okay, so so while Peter spake, go ahead, these, these words. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Go ahead. The Jews were astonished. He said, yeah, go ahead. Yep. See that? But he said, man, they were astonished. All the, all the Jews were like, what? What? Wait, wait a minute. These are Gentiles, man. What do you mean? The Holy Ghost, they got what? They, man, they, they were astonished. Said, what is going on around this joint? Okay, go ahead, 46. For they heard them. See that? They had the Holy Ghost. They knew they had the Holy Ghost because they heard them speaking with tongues and magnify God. Okay. Then answered Peter. Go ahead. See that? He said, Can any man forbid water that these should be baptized? Which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Now listen to here. We, here we go. <laughs> here we go. All right. Now here's what Peter said. As I said, this is a book of commands. And baptism in Jesus' name is a commandment too. Right here it is. Go ahead. See that? So he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus right there. He commanded that. All right, now let's look at the covenant we're in. Let's look at the covenant we're in. Or let's, or just, I mean, let's just take a look at it. What, what, uh, what about this covenant thing with Jesus? What, what about when you make a covenant with the Lord? Go to Joshua, and I'm going to go real quick for the sake of time. Go to Joshua. <laughs> now, okay. One, it starts up here. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. In verse 2 of, of 1, uh, uh, Therefore arise and go over this Jordan, now that all this people of the land which I do give them, even the children of Israel, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and under the great sea toward going down to the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide it for an inheritance, the land which I swear unto their fathers. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou, shalt, thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not I commanded thee this day to be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. All right, now, they go over here to Jericho, okay? They go over here to Jericho, and the Lord sends them to it, and he tells them, he said, hey, I've given you, I've given you Jericho, okay? Only all the spoils shall come into the house of God. None of it's yours. It comes into the house of God. So Jericho, so they go and they defeat Jericho. And the Lord told him, said, don't touch the accursed thing, lest thou make Israel a curse. So he goes in and, they, and they, they, they take Jericho. Then immediately after that, they go over to a place called Ai. A little bit of small place. They lose the battle. Thirty-six men lose their lives and they come back with their tail tucked between their legs and say, man, what's going on? What's going on? We, you know, well, here, here Joshua went over and fell upon his face and was crying to the Lord. Now, this is what the Lord said. And he said, the Lord said unto Joshua, get thee up. In verse, uh, uh, chapter 7, verse 10. Joshua 7, verse 10. He said, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Get thee up. 
Israel hath sinned, listen to what it says, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. See that? So it's not our covenant. It's his covenant. The Lord always said, and this is the covenant that I will make with thee. I make the covenant. He makes the covenant. We don't make the covenant. Listen, folks, this notion that you just receive God, receive the Lord. First of all, the sinner's prayer, not anywhere in the Bible. It's a bunch of garbage. How these preachers got a hold of that mess and walking all over the country with it, I'll never know. It's a lie from hell. Ain't no, just no written sinner's prayer. A sinner's prayer is whatever a sinner prays to the king. Amen. When you get in that right there and you take on his name, your democracy life is over with. You're in the kingdom then. You're in the kingdom life. You don't choose your king. The king chooses his subjects. Notice the word subjects means everything in subjection to them. So the notion of Somebody saying, well, I receive you, Lord, and I make you my Savior. You ain't making him nothing. You don't receive him. He's the king, folks. You don't receive the king. The king receives you. People got all this. But see how the devil turns everything completely backwards. And they stand up on their big pulpits and all their billions of dollars. And, well, now, come and. Repeat after me this simple prayer. Lord, I, I receive you into myself, and I receive you into my heart, and I make you my Savior. And that sounds so good. That sounds so sweet. It makes you want to just, I don't know, eat a cookie or something. I don't know. It makes you want to pull some toast out and spread it on some toast and eat it. Not me because I'm watching my weight, and that stuff will make you gain weight. But you know what? Let's see what the Word says. Jesus said in 2 Corinthians 6.17, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you unto myself. Ta-da! There you have it. That's the real deal. Amen. All right. Folks, this is a covenant we're in. I'm going to touch on just a couple small things here, and then we'll, we'll move on. We'll close. Amen. I know we've got a lot to do yet. This is a very serious thing we're going to be doing here in just a little bit. It's a very serious thing. This is a very serious walk. I want you to understand this is a very, very serious walk. It's the most serious thing you'll ever do in your life. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't do it, when you stand before God, it's not going to be because you weren't warned. My job is not here to pet on you. My job is to warn you. The Bible says over in, in Zechariah and over in Ezekiel as well, you shall hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. My job is to warn you that if you don't line up with this word, you will not make heaven. What does that mean? Does that mean you're going to be in a purgatory somewhere? Does that mean you're going to be coasting around out there in the universe somewhere for 
forever. What does that mean? What is it? Yeah, there's only two places, folks. It don't matter whether you like that or whether you don't like that. It is what it is. That word's true, and everything else is a lie. That word is true, and everything else is a lie. The Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. That word's proven itself and has never been proved wrong, not in any kind of way. So my job is to warn his people from him. If you're not ready to meet him, now listen. You say, well, you know what? Yeah, but, you know, I mean, well, we got plenty of time, man. We got, we got the rapture. I mean, you know, we got this and that. Of course, we, you know, we know that we're going to the end of this. There ain't no mid-trib rapture. There is no pre-trib rapture. You're going through it. You're going through it. Unless the Lord takes you by the way of the grave, you're going through it. going to be a big falling away when all of a sudden they see all that happening and and Jesus hadn't come back yet. He ain't going to come back yet. He's coming back one time. And when he comes back, the dead in Christ will already be with him and we will rise up to meet them in the air, amen, and come with him. We're coming with him right then back to this earth. Praise God. He's coming and he's going to stop in the air and we will meet him in the air. Praise God. Because we will be changed in an instant. And when we come back with him from that point till he goes to Mount, uh, stand on Mount, uh, 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 Mount of Olives, we're going to come back with him. Amen. From right there, we're going to be transformed in that moment and we're coming back with him to do battle. Praise God. I'm going to be a different fellow then. I won't be as nice as I am now. Huh? Wow, man. Did you hear my wife right <laughs> Wow. Amen. That was, she almost went Pentecostal on me right there. Amen. Praise God. Now, folks, we're not almost committed. You don't practice commitment. You're either committed or you're not. Amen. I don't wake up every morning deciding whether or not I'm going to be married to that woman right there. I decided that a long time ago. I decided that and I said, I do. I did and I still do. Amen. I don't decide if I'm going to honor contracts that I have with people. I honor them because it's contract. Now I'm going to show you something. I want to show you something here that most people have never seen. Go over to Matthew 22, or Matthew 7. Matthew 7 with me. Everybody go to Matthew 7 with me, and I'm going to close right after this. I've got 400 miles I could go, but I'm not going to do that right now. Too much to do. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Let's go to uh, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now listen carefully. There's another place here too that, you know, and there's another sign out here on the road that says, you know, everybody calls him Lord. And I put up there, do you call him Lord? Of course, the answer to most everybody that will pass that sign will be, of course I do. And I say, well, let's see what Jesus said about it. And then I put the scripture up there where he says, 
Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? As they're passing the church and not going to one. When he says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That's church, folks. As the manner of some is. Okay, now. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Amen. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? Well, you know what? They weren't lying to him because they're standing right before him, so they're certainly not lying to him. They did have the Holy Ghost because that's how you do stuff like that. You can't cast out devils without the Holy Ghost. That's one of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You can't prophesy and, and you can't do many wonderful works like that. that you're talking about miracles unless you have the Holy Ghost. But they weren't baptized in the name of Jesus. How do I know that? Because he says, listen, and then will I profess to them I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Uh Uh-oh, never knew you. What could that possibly mean? Why, my goodness, how does that work? Let's take a look. I'm glad you asked. Amen. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And we're going to ease over there to... I don't know. Let's just go somewhere around verse 17. And Cain knew his wife Eve, knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. Go to verse 25. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. Go over to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31. I'm going to go ahead and read it for the sake of time. Jeremiah 31 and 34, which says, And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. Okay, this is the same word, yada. You ever heard somebody say, yada, 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 yada? Now you know what the real meaning of that means. (laughs) It means to know. Just as Adam knew his wife Eve. And here it says, Every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. In other words, anybody that's in my, in my covenant with me will know me. Because that's how you get in covenant with him. You will know him. Yada. You will yada him. You will have that intimate relationship. It don't matter whether you call him Lord. does not matter whether you call him your Savior. does not matter whether you call him your God. What matters is, what does God call you? What does Jesus call you? Amen. You can walk off in the middle of a garage that's got every tool ever known to mankind, call yourself a mechanic. <laughs> that don't make you one. I can walk over and grab his uh, welding rig, buddy, and I can put a man, I can put a rod in one hand, rod in man, I can have a I can have the prettiest little old shiny belt with all my little welding tools and stuff all over it. Woo, give me a I can give me one of them space helmets, boy, I'll give me one of them real fancy ones, man. All them, you know, they got all kind of psychedelic helmets you get now, man. And I put that on my head, boy, and walk around there, Oh yeah. Huh? Woo! They call me Johnny Welder. Yes, sir. Yes, I'm the one. Watch me, man. Watch me. I weld it up, man. You don't even want to get near me with no welding rod in my hand, partner. I'll tell you right now. I ain't no welder. I'll tell you straight up, I ain't no welder. But you know I can get some welding done. You know what I mean? Come on, brother. Hey, you see what I mean? Praise God. 
And we are laborers together with God. <laughs> Amen. But I ain't no welder. Amen. It's one thing I've never done. Never done it in my life. But now, let me tell you, folks. It don't matter what you call yourself or you call God. What matters is how does he see it? Because that's what's going to matter when you stand before him. If you're not lined up with that, remember the Bible said, if you believe not, yet he abideth faithful, for he cannot deny himself. They think that no matter what you do, if you sin and do all kinds of things, that it doesn't matter, he abides faithful. He abides faithful to you. No, that just means, no, he abides faithful to his word. If you believe not, it ain't going to change what he does. He's not going to say, well, my goodness, it's okay because you didn't believe. No. What it means is he said, yet he abided faithful. He's going to always follow his word. Praise God. He's bound by that word. It's written. It cannot be changed. So he ain't going to change it for you, not for me, not for anybody else. When you don't line up with that word, you're not going to make it. End of story. Folks, I don't have no ulterior motive. I don't have no uh, uh, ulterior uh, motive here, man. I'm not. Uh, uh, there ain't no. I, I'm not up here, man, to, to, to try to hoodoo somebody. This is Bible, folks. Now, I want to look at something right here, and I'm closing right now. Give me a second. Heard that laughing back there. I heard that laughing back there. Now, all right, now, give a brother a break now. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Look, man, i got about three-quarters of a page left up here, but I, I'm, I'm going to let you all off the hook here. Amen. And I get a praise God. I knew everybody turned Pentecostal right there on me. Amen. <laughs> I knew my wife be chiming in. I can always count on my little darling. Amen. She'll show up and right quick. <laughs> Wow, honey. Okay, you didn't have to elaborate there. Okay. Since I didn't write first or second Samuel in my note, real smart move. <laughs> but I'm now proving it's not second Samuel, so it must be first Samuel. Okay, now. <clears throat> yes. Okay, another place in, in the Bible as well. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife. And the Lord remembered her, wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after uh, come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son. See, just another one of those scriptures talking about the new. So when the Bible says that he said, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. I never knew you. Amen. There's that intimate knowing. That intimate relationship. There's an intimacy which much must take place, and it happens when you are grafted into that vine. When you are grafted into the vine, you become part of that vine. You twain become one flesh. You're part of that flesh of the vine. You see what I mean? And so if you don't take on that name, if you don't take on that name, you're not in. Stand with me. Now, knowing what you've already heard, let me read down this and listen. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire. 
you don't abide in me, which means what? To abide in the covenant. See, to say that you're saved is being past tense. Salvation is in that covenant. But to declare that you're saved, you're acting as though that you can't breach that covenant. If you breach that covenant, you're not in the vine. Remember Samson. People think his strength was in his hair. His strength wasn't in his hair. He was in a Nazarite vow. And the not cutting of his hair was just one of many, many parts of that vow. If he'd have broke any other part of that vow, it would have also broke the covenant. So when he cut the hair, she cut his hair, it broke the covenant. It would have done the same thing if she'd have poured wine down his throat. That would have been easier. She could just open his mouth, put some in his mouth while he's sleeping. Shut his mouth, neither swallowed it on instinct. Well, that would have broke it too, just like that. You're in a covenant with the Lord when you go down the waters of baptism and you repent. You're in a covenant. Let me tell you something, folks. That covenant is very easy to break. And you must be very, very careful. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. It's talking about hell. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, in that covenant, and my word abide in you, amen, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. See? If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Amen. 